Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bleeding Metal Podcast. My name is Pia and I am here with my lovely co-host. Hello. Kiki, hey everybody. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's a lovely sunny autumn day and um, yes, everything is nice and chill. Yes. How about you? Yeah, kind of the same. There was not that much going on the past weeks besides of course uh, my child had its first birthday and we had a party <laughs> oh my happy birthday belated <laughs> yeah that was quite cool um and i have my very first it's hexenschuss in german um which is if you translate it one on one which is shot mm -hmm. and that is a very terrible sudden back pain Isn't it sciatica? Yeah, could be. Or lumbago or something like that. Okay. It's it, it was a weird word. Um but yeah, that's that's not nice. I uh I remember that my parents, especially my father had that very often when I was younger and he really had bad back pains with uh, when he had these issues and now I can understand him. Also, why he walked boat over. <laughs> yeah. It's not nice. So I'm going to stand up uh, from time to time <laughs> while we are recording this podcast episode. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, we're getting to that age. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Um, my partner also had that a few weeks ago and um, it mm. took like a week and something until it went away and mm -hmm. I he even called sick in into work and that was like that never happened yeah yeah I did that too because I would have to sit a lot and that's not so good for the back then it mm -hmm. wouldn't go away that fast then so yeah yeah but let's let's talk about good things, things. <laughs> <laughs> or or more interesting things yeah something that helps maybe as well you know um there we We talked about this a few episodes ago or several episodes ago, maybe even uh, yoga. There's mm -hmm. yoga for everything. There's also yoga for the back. So that that helps. Yes, that is on my to-do list. But the worst pain has to go away first. Yeah, of course. I don't want to put any movement into, <laughs> into my sure. back at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but if you haven't listened to the yoga episode yet, do that. And today we talk about something that we also mentioned in a previous episode when we talked with Dr. Anna S. Rogers about her book. And there um, we also, just for a short moment, we talked about defensive othering. I think it's something very important, especially for us as women, because I think or I know that When I was younger, I did that a lot. And I think there are a lot of other women and, of course, other people too who do that, who did that. And so, yes, I thought let's talk about this topic. And first of all, um, we need a, a quick definition, uh, what it is or maybe also what it is not. <laughs> Because there are so many weird words around the term or around the whole topic. Um, for example, uh, we have the word tokenism, which is to put someone, especially a female or a person of color in a group to pretend that you are diversive. 
um, I would compare that to greenwashing so that you pretend, oh, uh, I thought about that and now I hired a woman for the team and um, see how now the problem is solved. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same word in English, but in Germany, we have the Schlumpfine Prinzip, which would be the Smurfette Principle. Mm -hmm. um, that is, when you have a group of, for example, superheroes or the Smurfs, mm -hmm. and every character, of course, all characters are male, they have a special ability. And then there is the woman, the female yeah. character. And <laughs> she's outstanding from the rest. And the only ability that she has is that she's female. That's everything that makes her special. <laughs> yeah. And I also looked up othering without the term defensive. So um, othering means that you differentiate your group from others. So I guess we all did this, especially in our teenage years, to have something that we can identify with. Um, and I think that it helps if you want to find out who you are that you know who you are not so that you know who you can relate to and who you do not relate to. And um, I think that in that case, it can help. But othering is also a part of the whole racism problem. So I am part of one group and I talk bad about another group, for example. Yeah, I was going to say, let's start there. Yeah. Before we go on... Um... It might just be me, but I have the feeling that we're going very fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just wanted to, to say what we are not talking about. So we're not talking about tokenism um, and not talking about the Smurfette principle in in more detail. But yeah, let's talk about othering. <laughs> yes, because I think that othering is actually a natural impulse of human mm -hmm. nature. It's It's deeply rooted in our psychology. That is, um, as you were saying, an effect that we create when we look at our environment. Mm -hmm. So that that happened and that started um, ages and ages and ages and millions of years ago. Well, not millions, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And the thing that makes it so difficult, I guess, is to associated as a negative thing when mm -hmm. person that looks or behaves differently um that that is maybe perceived as dangerous or threatening and mm -hmm. that's why we uh get into this um and there we have the the adjective right in this defensive position and try to take distance from from this other individual mm. whom we in most cases don't even know. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, another example, when my child was younger as a, as a really, really small baby, um, it was, it didn't matter who was around as long as somebody cared for the mm -hmm. baby. Um, but the older it became, um, that changed. Oh really? Because yeah, because the child finds out who are my parents or who who um, belongs to my group, and that's mm -hmm. important so that they are not carried away by another group. So um, if we would live in the woods still, or I don't know, not in mm -hmm. a in a civilization, um, then it would be also important that you stick to your group as a child, and that's also something that 
um, that the children really early found out these are the people I belong to and that I should stick mm -hmm. to and I should not uh, follow someone who does not belong to the group. Right. Yes. So that is othering. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, when does it become problematic? When we think about defensive othering, that is... Um, Or I found I read a definition that's a definition that said people align themselves with a dominant culture and frame others as negative. So, for example, I as a white woman, um, I align myself with the dominant culture, which is white men, and mm -hmm. I say that oh, I'm not like the other woman. I am more like the people here in this dominant group, in this dominant culture. And to earn more respect or to also prove that I am different and that I deserve to be in the dominant group, I have to talk bad about things that are connotated as female. Mm -hmm. That would be my definition. <laughs> yes. And that is also how we uh, thought about it or, or how we talked about it with... Um, Dr. Anna Rogers, and that is something that I guess um, many of us have done, not only in this specific example of between women, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking with anything almost. Yeah. Would you say that when I do defensive othering, that I talk bad about something that normally is a part of myself so for example i am female and i talk bad about things that are connotated female and that people would think i am like that um can you explain a little more when i say well um i am not like other women are then i have a construct in my head or maybe also the the common social construct of a woman mm -hmm. and i don't want to be that mm -hmm. so what i do is to to hire my position to say yeah. I am better than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are giving people the understanding that what you're describing is a bad thing. That's why you are not that, which means um yeah, you're you're differentiating yourself. You are distancing yourself from whatever it is you're describing and with that even if you're not saying it outright but you are implying that that's negative or yeah. bad and you are a better person because you are different. Mm. And that happens often when people think, or when I think other people's uh, other people um, think that I belong to a specific group that I don't want to belong to or have special abilities that I don't want to be associated with, for example. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So that is this, difference as well right we were talking about othering and how that is a natural impulse um, that could be a pretty neutral thing right to recognize um, people or groups as different than us doesn't make it negative um, but it usually is the the generalizations especially mm -hmm. that we express the cliches or when we differentiate ourselves from a different group that we don't belong to, um, we are usually uh, implying that that is that that's negative, right? Which means we are um, practicing discrimination, mm -hmm. right? So othering 
goes hand in hand with discrimination because we couldn't keep it neutral. And with the defensive othering, we are doing the same thing, but using it to our advantage, Mm -hmm. a little bit like turning it around to use it to our advantage and put ourselves in the better position. Yeah. So using that that as a comparison. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in my teenage years that there already was a meme, we would call it a meme nowadays, that was a photo of um, of several guys in hip-hop outfits. Mm-hmm. And there was um, the sentence written, that's why I listen to metal. <laughs> right. Another example for <laughs> saying, oh, look at these people, how stupid they are. I am not like that. I am better than that. I listen to metal. <laughs> right. But the yeah. the same picture ex- existed with a black metal group and there was written, um, that's why I listen to hip hop. So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a kind of friendly battle or As I said previously, that um, you just know your group and you define yourself or identify with a specific group and you want to show that. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be a dangerous thing. It can also be on a a funny level, so to speak, but it can also be on a dangerous level, of course. True. Yes. But I think that the metal scene does that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a good point. But not only to um, differentiate from other music genres, but also within the metal scene that there are people who listen to true metal who say, oh, metal core is not a metal genre. I don't know why all these kids are here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the gatekeepy thing about we are different. We are the the, the true ones, written yeah. spelled with a V. <laughs> we are the true fans. We are the true metalheads. The rest are just posers. Yes. That kind of stuff is also is also othering. Poser yeah. is a very a very good example here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When you call someone a poser because wrong band shirt or I don't mm-hmm. know short hair, then that's also um, oh I'm better than that person because I have long hair or I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I listen to that band five minutes longer than you. <laughs> My clothes are blacker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the metal scene is typical for for this for this yeah. example. So yeah. That's true. You also said that uh, that metal is one of the most gatekeep gatekept um communities and yeah, that's that's also part of that. <laughs> true, true. And also, and I've said this several times as well, the metal community um, thinks of themselves to be the most inclusive as well, which Mm -hmm. is not uh, always true, but that would be one way of making that clear to to make that kind of um, statements, making other scenes or other subcultures look bad just in order to to have a better a better standing Mm. um yeah but i think that um is a reaction as well to the feeling of being the underdog or maybe even being attacked being the minority for yeah metalheads uh were have been satanized for Mm -hmm. so long 
that, uh, yeah, it's, it's maybe a natural reaction as well. <laughs> I'm not justifying it. <laughs> yeah, that's, But um, it's understandable. It's not good to kick the people who are even lower than you. It's better to push, to punch them <laughs> who are above you. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Um, and that's, also the case in other subcultures and that's why it works so well and it's also kind of funny when you don't take things so serious <laughs> mm -hmm. between the subcultures um, but we have different layers here and I think that's why it is so interesting it's kind of the same with women that women are not the dominant group I think women do defensive othering more often or between each other so that's kind of Is that a fact or is that your perception? My perception. And the interesting thing is that we also have this with women in the metal scene, I would say. Okay. And we have this with the whole metal scene and other groups. <laughs> But first of all, would you uh, agree to my perception or how do you see that? I think we are raised to have uh, to think of each other as, as competition. Yeah, and that is a, a very difficult belief to shake off. Mm -hmm. That is that is a, a thing that needs conscious deconstruction and trying to to be aware of when you're doing it and trying to put it aside. And yeah, sometimes it's also really difficult for me, at least. It's one of the things that's more challenging because in my head, I know there's room for everybody. We mm -hmm. are not competing for, for an audience. We should just raise each other up. But in my feelings, sometimes it does feel threatening, actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like with everything else that you have just taken for granted because you were raised like that. You saw that in your childhood. You see that everywhere in your environment, in movies, um, in advertisement and stuff like that. So that's something that you, when you... Start thinking about that. When you start searching for that, you will find it everywhere. <laughs> yes. And that's also, um, it starts in the families that who can cook better or something like that. So, mm -hmm. so many things, especially um, for women, are made a competition when it comes to how do people look, who is more beautiful or stuff like that. Yes. Um, I don't have the impression. And if there are men out there who say, oh, it's the same with us. Please tell me. <laughs> I have the impression it's not the case. I think, or I have the impression that there is not so much competition between men in everyday life. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think there is, but maybe it's not so outspoken or, or so. And maybe on another level. Crude. Yeah. Yeah. We should analyze this more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe also also things that you can influence because of course I can influence how I look up to a specific point, but I cannot influence if the person on the other side who judges how I look prefers dark hair or whatever, you know? So that's, mm -hmm. you, you can't really score. It's, I don't know, it's so individual and a lot of this is just about taste. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of that is, is just subjective. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we have also, especially as women, we have also been brainwashed with the standards of of beauty uh, for so many decades. Now that that is maybe how uh, we measure ourselves and each other, and it's wrong, but it's also very difficult to shake that off. And of course, it is beauty is is subjective, and and first of all, we should just stop comparing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we are all unique and different, and offer different things to each other. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> comparing is stupid. Okay, where does the need to compare come from? We should analyze that. We should have a psychologist here. <laughs> As a guest, oh, we should do podcast therapy. Oh, oh, that would be awesome. That would be cool. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it comes from, or it's sometimes also a benefit that you compare yourself with people in your age or of your age and mm-hmm. their abilities, and you see, okay, that person is able to do that, so I' gonna try. Maybe I can do that also. I don't know. That would be. Um, something that I could imagine, but mm-hmm. that comes a lot from society that yeah that we um, have the impression to that we always have to compare ourselves to others. Yeah, I have a a, a story while we're on that subject, and before we move on, so years and years ago, somebody said some wise words to me because I've been living in Germany for how long? Fifteen uh, years. Plus, and the winter is something I might never ever get used to. And while winter is theoretically nice, we don't really get that nice snowy days and uh, not really that much anymore because mm-hmm. global warming. What is the term? Uh, seasonal. Seasonal depression is a thing. Mm-hmm. So on top of my normal depression, I get seasonal depression. And uh, somebody said... Uh, told me that I should have something in the winter that I look forward to and that I like and that I can derive um, happiness or joy joy from uh, to make it less difficult. And so I uh, planned to start ice skating lessons. Mm-hmm. And back in 2015, I started, I went to a few classes, training times, but they were on Sunday evening. So that was just a very, very bad time. So now apparently they have changed the schedule and they are on Saturday evenings now. So tonight will be my second trial lesson. Mm -hmm. So last week I went for the first time. I was nervous because, you know, it's a new place. It's new people. I was nervous because (laughs) it was my baseline nervousness. And then, um, also, on top of that, these people or, or, or a lot of people here in, you know, countries with four seasons mm-hmm. learn to, to ice skate when they're kids. And mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. So I am going as a very, very beginner as an adult. And well, that's that's like already a, another thing. Right. And. When I arrived, I saw that there were also older women. Well, yes, also that. First of all, almost only women. There were uh, one or two uh, male-presenting people, mm-hmm. and um, the the rest was 
very female presenting. So, uh, but there were also older female presenting people and that made me feel good. And then I saw that they were obviously uh, better at ice skating. <laughs> and then I again felt like, okay, well, I don't care. It's going to be embarrassing for a few days, maybe weeks, months, but at some point I'm going to be able to do something and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I won't do the new one anymore at some point. <laughs> so did you see all of the, like just now telling this, I'm thinking of all the different comparisons I made in my head how I compared from myself to all of these people that I don't know at all. Mm -hmm. But I, I immediately thought, uh, like, I'm older than half of them. I'm younger than maybe two of them. And I'm worse at ice skating than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, <laughs> I guess in my head, I, I, I made myself the, the, the other and the new one. Mm -hmm. And uh, like... I don't know. It was this anxious thought of how they probably see me as well. Yeah. And you didn't think about that everybody started at some point and they know what you struggle with. And right. I think it's also normal for them that there are new people who come in and who don't know anything about ice skating and have to learn it from the first step, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They are probably, they probably very probably have been doing this for years mm -hmm. and, um, And have seen people like me come and go. Yeah. And some have stayed, and now they are the the They're watchers in the, in the group. <laughs> exactly. They are the dominant group now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I plan to stay and become one of them as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am very determined to stick through it this time. <laughs> I'm super happy. It's so exciting. I was so happy on the ice last week. I was just, just, I couldn't stop smiling. I knew I, I didn't fall, um, but it was just, um, yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Keep going. It sounds good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When you think about your, your youth, especially, do you have examples where you did defensive othering or is it something that you think, oh yes, I also did that in specific situations? I think the whole being a goth and a metalhead was the most uh, or the biggest one. Um, maybe even before that, uh, I used to hang out with my cousins and my brother. So my, my two uh, male cousins and my brother, and we would go out to a skate park with skateboards and stuff like that. So uh, from then on and later on, when I, you know, started my band, I was like always hanging out with the boys mm -hmm. that did develop in, into that very toxic thought that, that I now know it's a very toxic thought of uh, I'm not like other girls because I'm cool, because I don't care if the boys uh, burp in my presence or I laugh at their bad jokes or uh, I don't know, whatever, all of that stupid stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you? Yeah, same. I also have hobbies that you would not think or that you don't think about women doing that um, in the first place. And that has always been like that. So I also had female friends who played outside with me and stuff like that. So we did that. Um, mm -hmm. What you 
would or you would um, think about boys playing outside in the fields and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's what we also did. And then I was very interested in football, the soccer <laughs> football version. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and of course, gaming and metal and all these things are, um, when you think about the typical metalhead, you think about a man, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That has always been the case. And so I always, when talking to someone or had the impression I had to defend myself because they were thinking of me like oh you like riding horses you like to cook you like to paint you have a very beautiful handwriting and that's all the things that I didn't have and that were not mm -hmm. um that I was not interested in and so um I think from a very young age I had to or I had the impression to say no I'm not like that I'm different <laughs> from mm -hmm. what you describe or what you think I should be and I think I started quite early with practicing defensive othering so yeah because when you come to that position that you have the impression to defend or you have to defend yourself then I think you automatically or at least I automatically become kind of aggressive so that um, I'm pretty sure I wasn't saying oh um, that's so cool that there are girls out there with a nice handwriting and who like to paint but That's not what I do. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it was more like, I uh, know, painting, that's so boring. I'm more interested in being out in the fields and play there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that's where it starts. <laughs> yes. And, and that also got me thinking. Uh, that also got me thinking right now. Do you think it's also a way to make us feel better that we don't belong to that dominating group? Yeah. And I, I was just also telling another story yesterday um, that when I was in, in school, I was maybe in fourth grade or something. We had arts and crafts class and it was the boys and the girls did separate things, separate things with different teachers. And so the girls had the whole uh, stitching and mm -hmm. uh, like cross stitch and uh, maybe knitting And uh, they did stuff like that. But because there were more girls than boys, so they sent like five of us or so with the boys to do like woodwork, you know, like using saws and sandpaper and then painting the, the wooden duckies or whatever that we were doing. And I think I made a duck actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. And I don't regret it because I learned a few skills from that. But also, it would be nice to know how to cross stitch. <laughs> <laughs> We did both, and it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So boys and girls did um, woodcrafting and stitching as well. <laughs> so I don't think that I have like missed anything in my life, but not in my life by not belonging to something else. Mm -hmm. But um, maybe that is where it comes from as well. Like we are, in a way, while we develop. Uh, we are maybe mourning that, um, you know, the lack of specific skills or, or character traits. And uh, we turn that into um, to protect ourselves, right? We turn yeah. defensive and, and try to make ourselves feel better. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, who are we trying to convince Yes. By saying those, those things like, uh, I'm one of the cool girls, like, uh, 
sure. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I'm the one who needs to hear it and what's that that's why I'm saying it, right? Because mm. in the end, the person you're talking to have to make up their own mind whether you're cool or not. Yeah. And that's also something that you think that person would Uh, would give you the credibility for something when you are like whatever <laughs> not like the other girls <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you're one of the guys yeah yeah interesting everything that is behind this uh, defensive othering thing I think it's very interesting also to to look at myself and um, how that went on further in my life because also when I was part of the metal scene it continued there so it didn't stop it wasn't like yeah now i'm here and all the other people around me are cool yeah <laughs> because you also continued comparing or i continued comparing myself to um how do other people look what band shirts are they wearing or also the the general outfit is a woman dressed as goth or also as death metal fan or whatever, mm -hmm. then I would also uh, prefer people who look like they listen to the same music as I do <laughs> <laughs> and maybe talk bad about the others because their music is not hard enough or evil enough or yeah. <laughs> dark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe Goth talked about me as my music is too brutal and noise or whatever <laughs> right yeah so conclusion we need to stop comparing <laughs> yes and we need to have a more neutral vision of what means to be different or other yeah and accept that everything is great <laughs> or mm -hmm. um, when you learn somebody new then maybe you think everything that this person does is amazing at first or try to do that because everything else would be a comparison also. And mm -hmm. um, again, ranking, I think we rank too much people in our lives also. Like, yeah, um, which is the coolest friend that I have or I don't know. <laughs> right. Yes. And why? And yeah, we should definitely stop doing that. That's good. That's homework because I'm pretty sure that I still do defensive othering. Hopefully mm -hmm. not that much um, as before. And hopefully very often on a fun level that is also funny for the opposite person. <laughs> yeah. But still it's, it's so difficult to shake this off. It's like sexism and racism in general that um, I have to learn every day to, or I have to unlearn every day. Mm-hmm. Yes. What I, what I did all my life. Yes. <laughs> And all that deconstruction starts by being aware that we're yes. doing it. So I think after this talk today, I'm, I will be more aware of when I see people as others and want to take distance from that. Yeah. Oh, when you want to be like them when you are ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, is there a specific video game that you are addicted to these days? Yes. Um, and it's not a single video game. There is the whole uh, 
universe, the world of darkness. So I don't know if I did it here. I, I might have. I think I mentioned it last time. For the second time in my life, I have entered an obsession, a phase of obsession with vampires. And this time, uh, it's not only the vampires of Anne Rice, but also uh, the vampires from the world world of darkness. So Vampire the Masquerade is a series of books that are a tabletop role-playing game. So like Dungeons and Dragons, but vampires. And uh, we are finally starting, uh, I gathered a group of friends online, and we're finally starting a campaign of that in trying to make myself more more familiar with the, with with this universe and everything, I also started playing a video game. That there's no much video to that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a text based uh, role playing game uh, based on the books, the rules, the lore, and I just started sp- playing it this past week, and I'm 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 kind of hooked. I want to know what happens next. It's really fun to like make decisions and uh, see what consequences those carry. And it's just really cool to think of yourself as a, you know, blood sucking undead. Mm -hmm. Um, You're so goth. (laughs) I know. I know. I was just. Vampires are gay. (laughs) Hell yes. You're so different from me. vampires are bisexual please (laughs) (laughs) just like me (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's really cool also there was also something i was just saying these days like i have become more and more nerdy the like i get older and more nerdy (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i started like playing video games more um yeah like later in life and now it's also uh tabletop rpgs um yes so that is what I'm doing right now. What are you playing? I just finished Nino Kuni. That's um, a role-playing game from Japan, from Studio Ghibli. So if you know mm-hmm. my neighbor Totoro, that's the studio also behind that game. Um, it's right. quite a couple of years old, I think 10 years or more, but you definitely don't see that because it back then also went 100% on the look. You feel like playing an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the control, um, how you, you have to play that is a bit, I don't know, there, there you see that it's a bit older, but it has been a very beautiful story. Uh, I played the Wrath of the White Witch, complicated term. Um, there is another part, part two, that I haven't played yet. But yeah, I enjoyed that a lot because the world was beautiful. The main characters, I liked them a lot, so they were characterized in a very very nice way (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah it was very lovely and then um, I started playing Greece that is a game from an independent um, company I think and it's a game about depression and Mm -hmm. you don't know much about what is going on you have a small figure um, a female presenting figure and she gets the colors back. So you play different stages. And when you finish the stage, then you add more color to the game itself. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I think it's a very beautiful game. But since I, it doesn't tell you a lot <laughs> about what to do, um, and there is 
a lot of space where you can move. Sometimes you have to run from one end of the stage to the other back again. And that was like, I was when I said, no, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. So um, <laughs> I didn't finish the game, but beautiful. And I think um, when you can relate to that, also to the stages of sadness and depression and and um, what comes with that, I think maybe this game can also help you to get out of that. Nice. And then, um, because I'm really looking forward to the new Pokemon, to Kamisin and Purple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They come out on November 18th. So when this episode is out, I will be addicted with it, I think. <laughs> so um, I was looking for a smaller game that I can play. And I ended up with The Journey of the Broken Circle. And that is okay. very cute because you play a circle and there is a piece missing. Mm -hmm. And you want to find that piece that is missing. And you go on that journey and the circle talks a lot and also tries to talk to other things and animals in its environment. And later you find a friend who comes with you and makes you able to stick on walls. And then you find out, okay, we don't fit together that much. Uh, we should go separate ways again. And then it's also kind of a relationship between them. So it is so cool on this on this character level of the circle <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that um, I enjoy the story more than the the gaming parts of the game. So oh, if nice. you are looking for a small game that takes about three to five hours, the journey of the broken circle is really cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. Hmm. What about music? Have you listened to the new... As Everything Unfolds single. Of course. <laughs> It is awesome. Yes. It's called Felt Like Home and there are no screams, no growls mm -hmm. for the first time, I think. The keyboard reminded me a lot of German Schlager, but it kind of fits. So I like the song a lot and I listen to it very, very often. Me too. Me too. I stopped listening to it because uh, there are two albums that just came out uh, yesterday and uh, the week before that. Also, yes. Also, by <laughs> the way, today is November 12th um, that we're recording this. Yes, The Alchemy Project just came out yesterday. Uh, it's an album by Epica with, well, a lot of other artists. Uh, it's a collaboration album. It's only seven songs, but there are people like Phil Lanzan and uh, Tommy Karabek, uh, Charlotte Wessels and Mirkur, um, and musicians from Flesh God Apocalypse and Got Dethroned, and many others. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I've been listening to that one since it came out yesterday, and... Last week, Dayseeker released Dark Sun, and I also loved it. Um, it's this kind of sad, synthwavy, metalcore-ish um, mix that I really liked. So I've been listening to that all week as well. And also great news. I am so super hyped because Stream of Passion are reuniting. Yes! <laughs> It is so amazing. Um, that is really, really great news. Uh, Stream of Passion are starting a crowdfunding campaign 
to fund the EP with new songs that is called Out of the Shadows, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. They will be having a reunion concert to celebrate all of this in September of next year. And Whoa. believe it or not, I already have my ticket. but that's a long way to go (laughs) i know but i'm not missing that (laughs) Mm, nice where is it i am not missing that in eindhoven in the netherlands Ah, at dynamo where the where the female metal event used to be Mm -hmm. and eindhoven is a beautiful city and um yeah so i will be super happy to go back there for a concert at this really cool venue and see stream of passion live again it's, I can't wait. It's over 300 years, years, 300 days to go, but I can't wait. <laughs> I would also wait 300 years for that. <laughs> I'll become a vampire and wait 300 yeah. years for the next dream of passion. <laughs> nice. That's a plan. <laughs> I also listened lately to the new Disillusion album that's called Ayam and Disillusion is a band from Leipzig. They have been around for quite a long while and they play progressive death metal. So mm-hmm. it's quite complicated sometimes, but also with one or another catchy melody. And they have kind of a niche on their own because I don't know to which band one could compare Disillusion. Um, I have to be in a specific mood to be able to enjoy that music. But when I am in this stage, then there is nothing better than a disillusion album. <laughs> so um, that's something that I gave a listen already, but I did not find the, the, the perfect mood for that. But what I remember from that album, that sounded quite cool. So I'm looking forward to going back there and fully enjoy it in the right stage of mind (laughs) whatever (laughs) yes that sounds awesome yes yeah so the year is over almost already (laughs) yes i was going to say a year ago i was uh starting my stay in ecuador and it's time has just Mm -hmm. flown by and uh yeah that's a very good good um, starting point to what I wanted to say. I wanted to say thanks. Thank you for uh, being with me on this podcasting journey for so long already. It's uh, been over a year since we've been a bleeding metal and it's been even longer since we've been working together on this. And also thank you, all of you out there for listening, for sticking with us and listening to our talks and um yeah for spreading the word <clears throat> tell your friends <laughs> and giving feedback to us yes and we need your help for the next episode because um we will do a recap of the year 2022 especially music and yeah please tell us what albums have you out there been listening to which singles did you like a lot what is a band that you are pretty sure we missed <laughs> let us know and we will check that out yes let's do that and also uh, while we're at it tell us who you want to hear on the podcast next year we want to have more interesting guests to have all of these amazing talks and uh, now that you mentioned as everything unfolds i think we should have charlie again and talk about um i don't know something interesting we will think <laughs> <of something. laughs> yes 
Have a great winter. Rest of the year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Good Christmas, days, times, whatever. Uh, this The next episode will be out a bit earlier. It will be out on December 20th. Um, it's not the last Tuesday because, yeah, we want you to have the at least the opportunity to listen to us during the holidays, the Christmas holidays. Yes, exactly. So we will be back and uh, yeah, let us know what, what we should talk about in the next episode. We will post that on the Spotify questions and um, yeah, otherwise, you know, our social media, we are bleeding metal pod everywhere. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.